0: to the GameCockScoop.com podcast, the official podcast of GameCockScoop.com on rivals. I'm Caleb, joined by Alan today as we are previewing tomorrow's matchup between South Carolina and Clemson. Obviously, big rivalry week all around the country. Some of those college football rivalry games start today, right?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think what you got. Iowa, Nebraska is today. Uh, Oregon, Oregon State's tonight. Uh, there's a couple other ones in there. Today a good game my... today, and the Egg Bowl was a bit of a dud last night, but it's okay. Greg Knox ran out, uh, took the field on a four-wheeler.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got to I gotta get my picks in today. That's actually a good reminder. Um, for those of you just checking in, it is Black Friday, so we have a Black Friday deal on GameCraftSpoop.com and across the Rivals network. Um, you can get 75% off for your first year. This is for people that have not been uh, subscribed before using promo code Rivals2023. And that offer is valid through monday uh, so get that in this weekend if you want to do that gamecockscoop.com and if you click on any of our premium articles it'll take you to the sign-up page and you can use that promo code there um before we get too deep into the weeds of clemson versus south carolina obviously uh, both teams kind of have had a more disappointing season up to this point than they would have thought but with this rivalry game at this point, it kind of feels like this is the Super Bowl for each, right? Like if you win this, when you feel okay about your season, Uh, if you don't, you know, the other team's not going to Um, it's at South Carolina, it's going to be a cool night environment. um, Just like it was last week. We'll talk a little bit about the road, road home splits here in a minute, but um, some pretty big recruits on campus this weekend. So the biggest that I have to know is Daniel Hill. That's, uh, Four star running back um, who it has felt like it's kind of gone back and forth between Alabama and South Carolina. Most recently, it felt like Alabama had seen some of the momentum, but it's really good to get him on campus here before the season's over. Um, I believe it's an official visit. I don't think he's already taken his, unless he took it at the end of the summer. Anyway, still big, big visit regardless. Um, I've heard a lot of positive momentum and feedback about where South Carolina sort of lands with Daniel Hill right now. Um, one sign that I think is just kind of interesting is last week, Anthony Carey, who is another running back that South Carolina, uh had on their board earlier in the cycle, decommitted from Michigan State. And my understanding is South Ghana did not make a push uh, once that decommitment happened. Now that could be just, you know, they didn't feel like they had a shot with him. They didn't like something on his tape, whatever. But I do think it's interesting that it seems like even though running back is a position of need, uh, there's at least some level of feeling comfortable. Maybe it's Matthew Fuller, who is who is already a three-star committed to South Carolina, who's had an excellent senior season, has really come along in a big way. Um, maybe they feel like Mario Anderson's coming back, which we'll, we'll talk about here in a minute. Um, or maybe they feel like, they have a better shot with Daniel Hill than we thought a few weeks ago. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Um Dante Reno is getting to take in his first South Carolina game, which is kind of crazy that he hasn't been to a, to a game. He's been on campus a ton of times, but it's always been um into the summer cookouts, all those sorts of things. Um so yeah, he's going he's going to be there on Saturday with a few other the commits. And then I'll have a full list for you uh, either later today or um, before the game tomorrow on who all Expecting in so big recruiting weekend on top of a big rivalry game weekend. Um, if we start to transition to talk a little bit about the game, I think the story, and we were talking about this before we got on, is uh Clemson's home road splits. They've obviously both teams are coming in off of a three game home winning streak. Um, but Clemson has to come to South Carolina, um, where it, it's always a tough place to play. Um, and Clemson's only won one road game all year, and I, I think you were saying that that kind of you can break that down on an, an individual level too.
1: Yeah, I think the the thing to kind of look at here is Cade Klubnik uh, and his splits home and road. Obviously, you're we'll talk about Clemson's running game, but in general, you're only as good as your quarterback play is. in this season, um, that's seven home games, four road games. Cade Klubnik is 14 touchdowns, three interceptions at home. Uh, five touchdowns, four interceptions on the road. Um, Clemson's had turnover problems all year. You think back to like that Duke game week one, where they fumbled a couple times in the goal line, uh, a couple big turnovers in that loss at NC State. I think Clemson had a pick six in that one, which is their last road game. They've done everything worse on the road this year. Uh, That starts with the quarterback.
0: Yeah. And really what we've seen over the last few weeks um, is, I mean, he's, he's, Klubnik has had some nice games throwing the ball too, but really they've put it in his hands as a runner. Um, and that's what they're going to try to do on Saturday night is uh, run the ball with Klobnik, run the ball with Will Shipley, Phil Maffa, um, even Dominique Thomas, who's their third string running back, has has seen some, some run this year. So uh, they're going to just try to line it up and run it down your throat, which is something that generally I would say travels well. Um, but as you said, it hasn't always worked out for him this year.
1: So we've talked about this. I don't even know how many weeks we've had this discussion, but if you're South Carolina, you're prepared for that. You've seen that with Kentucky last week. you we knew Florida was going to try to do that to you. Mizzou did that to you.
0: How good He's are you feeling?
1: State, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how good maybe good's not the right word because I mean Shipley and Moff are tough, but how are you feeling about your ability to hold the line, stop, stop a team that's going to try to run the ball 40 times on you? Because I feel like I don't better than you did maybe this time last week after watching the way you sort of handled Ray Davis other than that one touchdown.
0: I was gonna say honestly, that hasn't even been the issue this year, right? You even think back to Mississippi State, who has mm-hmm. one of the best running backs in the SEC. You've generally if you're able to if you're if a team's coming in here one dimensional, you've been able to shut down that one dimension. It's when they pivot <laughs> that things get a little bit Sketchy. Even we think about that Mississippi State game, right? You shut down their run game, but then the the defensive backfield had probably its worst game of the season that that week. So um, I think, yes, they can stop the initial punch or at least slow the initial punch enough to stay in this game. It's going to be whether or not Cade Klubnick has the counterpunch and the secondary is ready for that counterpunch.
1: Well, and the other thing with club Nick too, or with the passing game for Clemson, Bo Collins, who's Clemson's leading receiver. He is out for this game, plantar fasciitis. So that takes away really their only explosive threat. I mean, it's funny. We've talked a lot about Xavier Leggett, the kind of year he's had, getting over 1,100 yards now. Bo Collins, just for perspective, is Clemson's only receiver over 500 yards. And they're not going to have anybody on the field at 500 this year now. They are a running-based team. They don't use the passing game the same way South Carolina does. All of those things are true, but I'm curious where club – oh, and Antonio Williams is questionable, too, for Clemson. Uh, Dabble called him day-to-day earlier this week. We haven't heard anything since then. So that could be two of Clemson's top – one for sure, maybe two of Clemson's top targets in the passing game down. Um, he still got bringing um, – bringing stools, the tight end. He's got five touchdowns this year. I think this might lead to them throwing the ball out of the backfield a lot more. I feel like Shipley and Moffa are going to get involved that way.
0: Yeah. And honestly, that anytime Clemson has struggled the last couple of years, um, it kind of has, that's been the story is if a team can stop their run game, they haven't had those elite wide receivers that we saw through the, um, the early Dabo era. Like, yeah, like was, Hopkins type. I was, I was trying to, to talk about, uh, What's his name with the hair? Uh, he's a elite NFL quarterback now. Oh, Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. Jeez. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Here. Um <laughs> Yeah. So you just haven't had the same level of explosiveness. You haven't had the same level of quarterback play, obviously. Um, yeah. So I, I do think if you're a Carolina fan, you at least it's hard to see a path of Clemson coming in and beating you 50 to seven or whatever, like they were doing <laughs> there for a minute. Um, because I just don't know that they're explosive enough to do so um, instead it's a matter of keep getting off the field on third down um, not let letting them put together 15 play 10 minute drives uh, and I think that that's going to be more of the challenge for sure and that also will make your crowd <laughs> start to fall asleep um, which I think the crowd could be a big factor if you are going to win this game.
1: Oh I definitely agree with you there I mean we don't have to you know, go through the whole thing again. I feel like we've had that conversation pretty much every big home game, but yeah, it's a real advantage. It's going to be a night game. It's going to be loud. Um, K-Clubnik has not handled that well. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a thing you can use if you, we talked last week about game script, right? About how you got to pounce on them early. You got to score. You got to stay in the game that, you know, those second and third quarters last year or last year, last week were as bad as any offensive quarters they've had all year. And that's a very different, discussion down 14 nothing than 14 10 but you got the 10 points early so when the offense did kind of hibernate there for half the game it's easier to stay in it the crowd's still in it you still feel like you're one play away and you make the play just in time with throughout to get um in the fourth quarter but I think you got to score first I'm not, I'm not going to say if you go down three nothing you lose or anything like that but generally I think you have to score first to kind of feel good about the way this game's
0: going to pace Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that brings up the other side of the ball. How do you feel about South Carolina's offense consistently moving the ball against this Clemson defense? And I think the scariest thing if you're a South Carolina fan, and while the offensive line has played better now that they're going on with their fourth game in a row uh, with the same front, um, Clemson's defensive front is way better than the last three games, the last three teams that you played. And we've seen, how this offensive line has struggled throughout the year when they come up against an elite or above average defensive line, especially uh, just giving Rattler any time, if you get into any second, third and long sort of scenarios. Um, do we think that the O-line has improved? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, getting to play together those four games really helps still at the end of the day, you have two freshmen starting uh, against a couple of guys that are probably going to be playing on Sundays on that front.
1: Better, yes. Improved, yes. I think this is just, and it's really easy to say this. I think this is just kind of going to have to look the way it looked last year. Rattler did run for his life along that game. There were a lot of short throws, quick tosses. He force fed the ball to his number one receiver last year. That was Juice at the time. Right now, it's pretty clearly Leggett. Um, I don't know if you felt like Rattler was like in control of that whole game last year. I mean, he threw two picks, but you felt like he at least had a chance to win it for you, to steal it for you. I kind of think that's where this has to come back to tomorrow. Um, and I do expect to see a lot of the the quicker passing, the short stuff. I think Amari and Brown could be a weapon tomorrow. We've seen that kind of short, those little slip passes in the flat. You kind of get his speed going around a corner. Um, I think you're going to see a, little, a lot more of that in this game because I think that's a way to, those are safe. I mean, they basically use those as running plays. What Dow Loggett log said set over over the course of this year. Um, and if your running game's not going, I think that's a that's a weapon tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I'm looking back at the Clemson North Carolina uh, box score. I watched a little bit of that game, and if you haven't, if you've been watching both those teams all year up into that game, you probably were a little surprised to see that North Carolina did not pass the ball very well. Um, Drake made it with 16 of 36. Um, but they did find something in the run game. So, what what are the chances, I guess, that we see a little bit of a a solid game from Mario Anderson being the thing that leads up kind of over the top here?
1: Over the top. I mean, I, I was I don't know about that. I still think if you're winning this game, it's because of Rowler and Leggett. Um, I think you take some pressure off. I think again, you kind of Last year, you didn't really have a running game at all. I think we looking at it now. Is was Jaheim Bell with nine carries for 29 yards in this game was your leading
0: rusher. Um, so it would be nice can, to have someone that has running back beside their title, at least uh, in the game this year. That's kind of what I mean. Like, last year, you were just so
1: banged up at running back coming into this game. And this year, anything you get is a bonus. I still think there's things you can do in short yardage. I think you've run the ball pretty well there for, for a lot of the year. Um and also Spencer Rattler with his legs. We've talked about Cade Klubnik and what Clemson's going to try to do with his legs, but I think Rattler running the ball. He had three
0: scrambles for first downs last week. Yeah, and that's something that Drake May was able to do last week, too. Mm-hmm. Right? He had nine carries for nearly 70 yards. So um, it seems like Clemson, Clemson's at least somewhat exploitable there. And on that note, um, I the coordinators spoke yesterday, and uh, Dow Loggins talked about Lenore Sellers and how he's still got a game left and. They intentionally kind of set it up that way to where he has a game left if they want to use him. Um, Could we see another Lenore sellers package? It sounds like Karen Joyner might try to go. Uh, You know, this obviously could be the last game of his college career if uh, South Carolina loses. Um, I think those two guys should probably factor in to some degree in the quarterback run game as well. There's no
1: reason not to use Sellers. I kind of think it's just one of those good things happen when he's on the field. Kind of things you saw it obviously against Vanderbilt to score the touchdown uh, in garbage time last week. Even it was on the it was on that first touchdown drive they used a package with him and DJ Braswell, a bit of a zone read. Yeah, good things happen when he's on the field. I think you do have to kind of pick your spots for that. Like that's not something you're gonna. We're not gonna see ten plays of Norris Sellers running the ball. Probably not even five. Like. That's going to happen a few select times, either short yardage or where you feel like maybe you have a chance. Obviously, if you're doing that, you're subbing. So that means Clemson's going to have time to sub and counter whatever you're doing. You know what I mean? Like you can't you – got to really kind of target those moments. But I do think you're well, going to see that.
0: I also think there's probably some degree of uh, what what have you set up on film for Lenore Sellers that you can kind of exploit this week. He hasn't yeah, he the can throw the ball. Since, yeah, he hasn't thrown the ball since Furman. Um, but we saw it worked out all right when he did. Um, so, yeah, is that where you – it seems like it's an obvious – well, Norris Sellers keeps it uh, on his own read sort of situation, but instead he pulls in and tries something downfield. We'll, we'll have to see. I do think um,
1: that is another good point just to, before you get, get, go to your next – the bag is going to be emptied Saturday. I mean, you're not saving anything for a bowl of the Birmingham bowl. Like if you've got something in the tank, you're trying to use it to beat Clemson, whether that's trick plays, special teams. think this could be a limbo special. That clip's getting emptied one way or another Saturday.
0: Absolutely. Um, and yeah, you speak of limbo. I guess that's where I was going to go last is I still feel like special teams obviously was a huge factor in this one last year. You win uh, based off of that fumble punt. There's a, some extra, I guess, uh, well, it depends on which side you're on. Tragedy, if you're Antonio Williams, Schadenfreude, if you're a South Carolina <laughs> fan because uh, he, of the way that that recruitment yeah. went down between the two schools. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think that special teams could play a factor again this week. Obviously, we've seen things sort of – some good things start to happen on special teams after a, a little bit of a slow start to the season. You had the plant block against uh, Vandy. Um yeah, I, I guess. Do you see places that that could that could be exploited? Do we think that we start to see some trick plays, some some onside kicks? You know, like you said, I guess everything is on the table at this point.
1: I don't know how much of it, how much of it's an exploited thing, but I do think just looking at it straight up, you have a major advantage at kicker in this game. Clemson's kicker issues have been well documented this year. They pulled a um, they pulled a player in midseason. Um, Jonathan White's kind of. He was like a former. Was he a former walk-on? They who stole eligibility
0: or something. That sounds right.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so Mitch Jeter's been almost perfect this year. Do you know how many field goals over forty? Not over fifty. Over forty, Clemson's hit all season. One. One. It's wow. A Forty-one yarder. They've got one kick over forty the whole season. So, yeah, that's absolutely an advantage for South Carolina in this game, even if you're not. Blocking a punt, running a kickback hundred yards—the fact that Clemson's field goal range is basically they gotta get it within forty yards—that
0: is an advantage for you in this game. Yeah, and we'll have to see if uh, Dabo is as arrogant this year with trying to show up Beamer ball or whatever, which is what felt like happened last year. Oh, the Mafa, like the punt return thing. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see if 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 Dabo tries to put put some stuff up his sleeve as well. Um, That worked out pretty well for South Carolina last year when he tried it. So um, any other, I guess, like storylines that you're looking for as we head into this game, obviously it's senior night Um, could be the last time you see uh, several of these guys in South Carolina uniforms, even if you make a bowl, because some of them uh, likely will sit out if they are moving on to the NFL. Do you have, uh, you don't have to read off the whole list or whatever, but do you have an idea of uh, some of those names that we might, See if the, last oh,
1: Saturday. the players who are walking, well, scheduled to walk for senior day. And by the way, senior day starts at 7.13 PM. The school sent out very precise. If you're trying to get to Williams Bryce early 7.13. Um, the players who are walking for senior day, but still have a year of eligibility left if they so choose. Terrell Dawkins, Marcellus Dial, uh, Tonka Hemingway. Let's see here. Spencer Rattler and mario anderson david spaulding believe that covers it
0: okay and yeah one name that's not on that list but that south Ghana fans got some good news on earlier this week uh antoine wells so the whole the whole way that it played out was kind of fun um juice wells on monday i believe started posting pictures from last year's clemson game uh on his instagram obviously had a pretty great game against clemson last year scored two touchdowns at 10 catches or nine catches, nine catches yep. yards. Yeah. Um, so people in the fan base, of course, in both fan bases uh, started speculating that maybe he was going to try to come back and play one more game, all that sort of stuff. Uh, even after he took Twitter on Tuesday and said he was not playing, but that he would be back next year, which of course is the big uh, news for South Carolina fans. Beamer wouldn't fully rule it out. Um, that, still that hasn't a- still play. Yeah. I'm not um,
1: anticipating that, but...
0: No, I'm not either. Um, but yeah, anyway, so it sounds like you're going to get uh, Juice Wells back next year. That's that's obviously a big addition. As far as those other names you read off, it'd be hard to see Rattler coming back. He's already signed up for the Senior Bowl, as you mentioned. Um, and it'd be hard to see Marcellus Dial coming back, just because I think he already has kind of proven what he needs to prove uh, to get drafted at the next level. Maybe he could come back and try to in, improve that draft stock uh like Cam Smith did um in his final year. So we'll, we'll have to see on that. Everyone else, I don't know. It's kind of tough to to, to think that they wouldn't be back.
1: Yeah, like I mean, look at that like Hemingway
0: there, like that could, that would be a major get
1: for this team next year, defensive tackle, getting him back. The, the leadership and also just his presence in the middle of that line, what he can do, I think he's improved this year. Um, David spalding's a piece to your secondary that I would assume he's back. Mario Anderson, like, again, we talked before the show, but, like, if you get Mario Anderson back, you get Juice Wells back. Uh, one guy who's not walking for senior day, even though he still has a year of eligibility and is a senior is Josh Simon. That, that doesn't for sure mean he's coming back, but I think that's a pretty good indicator that he's leaning towards coming back um yeah if you get you start with simon wells anderson and then you look at nick harbour tyshawn russell and dj braswell is kind of filling in a depth chart there and omega blake um it's not perfect by any means you're still probably going to want a portal skill position player or two but you're in a pretty good place to
0: start there yeah and i think you it's easier to leverage in the portal though if you have some of those names already lined up because you're like well you got juice wells on the other side. Let's uh, take pressure off of you or, or yeah. whatever. So um, yeah. Anyway, I, I, that's obviously still a week away. The portal will open December 3rd, 4th, 3rd, 3rd. I believe. Yeah. Um, so that's a Sunday. Be ready <laughs> on game to see just a flood of people. Hopefully not a ton of people that are contributors right now uh, going out, but There'll be some, um, and then also we'll start to speculate and put together a board of who South Ghana might target in the portal because all that moves very, very quickly, um, and December is a little bit of a chaotic time of year uh, because of that. But um, All right, walking seniors, anything else uh, as far as the South Ghana clemson game and I guess things that you're looking for on Saturday?
1: Um, we haven't mentioned Clemson linebackers yet. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter, who Spencer Rattler knows pretty well, threw a pick six to him last year. Barrett Carter, that's two first-round picks. I don't have a lot to add there, just we haven't mentioned them yet. They're, they're going to be a pretty big part of this game. Like I said, two first-round picks. Rattler and Beamer both call them the best linebacker duo they faced all season. I don't disagree with it. That's going to be a major part of this game.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think on the other side, um, you're going to see South Carolina's linebackers try to. Play, uh, play their own role and, and their own factor here. We'll probably see some more of the three-three-five, which has been effective the last few weeks. Um, yeah, and it should be a really interesting game because I think that neither team necessarily matches up perfectly to what the other wants to do on offense. But it, but they both have like some some players that can make some things happen. So I really. As I'm starting to think of like score predictions, it's really hard to think about where to go because it feels like it could be what 31 30 like it was last year. Um, But it also feels like both teams could be a little stymied and it could be a little bit uglier than that.
1: Before we get to a score prediction, something I'm curious about who, if South Carolina wins this game, who's the player we're not talking about now who we're going to like? Last year, I think it was probably Nate Atkins. He'd been fine, hadn't done a whole lot crazy that he makes that one-handed catch that's on every billboard in Columbia after that. Who's your unsung hero who's going to make a name in the rivalry if South Carolina wins this game? You got a pick?
0: Uh, maybe Trey Knox. I mean, I realize that he's not necessarily unknown uh, in the same way that Atkins was, but he had a really strong beginning of the season, had that energy, came back and played last week, but was definitely a little hobbled. Um, I'm thinking if he's more or less fully healthy at this point point, he can create some mismatches um against South, i mean against clemson and also just take some pressure off of uh Xavier they who really they obviously will key on pretty heavily in this one what about you uh, i'm going to
1: marion brown uh he hasn't been on the end zone a lot this year but i like his i like what he can do i like how they can use a quick passing game in this just kind of as another way to run it um and I don't believe he scored against Clemson last year in this game. That would be his first time scoring in the rivalry if he did. And I
0: think Amarion Brown gets in the end zone before this game's over. Yeah, he got his first ever touchdown as a game a few weeks ago. Yeah,
1: so. he only had two catches for three yards last year in this game. So let's pump yeah, let's
0: that. That's a good one. Or, yeah, maybe we see something on uh, special teams return, like Jalen Kilgore breaks one. Kilgore like will that. be his
1: first rivalry game, yeah. Yep. Um, even Rory uh, had a pretty yeah. big
0: day in his first one last year. Yeah, I was about to say defensively, uh, all those in state kids, even Warrior, DQ Smith, um, they seem to get it up extra special for this one so far. So it was even right who recovered that fumble, I think, on Antonio Williams on that muff. That sounds right. And I believe DQ Smith had an interception last year, too. Um, I could be wrong. I know, uh, I see, I know did.
1: yeah, um. Uh, let's see here. I don't know if he had an interception, but. He had a nice game in some way. I don't remember him
0: standing out, but anyway. He might have been Uh, involved in
1: the fumble, the Mafa play on the
0: safety return. That sounds right. So, put your, uh, your money where your mouth is or whatever. What's your, uh, what's your, what's your final score prediction?
1: Uh, I just think South Carolina is going to find a way. I don't know how. I said 24-23, another one-point win in my, uh, Final preview that's going to run on the site either tonight or tomorrow morning. We'll stick with that. 24, 23 South Carolina.
0: Yeah. I tend to think that home field pushes you over the edge. As long as you can keep the crowd in it throughout, I think that's really going to allow your defense to elevate uh, the way they have the past three weeks. It's going to, or really the past two weeks in particular, um, it's going to shake up Kate Klubnick, who we've seen hasn't played that well on the road and, yeah, two straight for South Carolina. I, I think I, I'm picking that, too, but maybe uglier than that. I'm going to call it 20 to 18. Oh, wow. A whole
1: two points? <laughs>
0: uh, is that like uh, South Carolina's up eight,
1: Clemson scores a touchdown, and they stop a two-point conversion? That sounds great to me. Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> I know. 18, 18 seems like a very difficult – I know. It's kinda,
1: 18, I was trying to figure out how you get to 18.
0: Um, um, you – there's a safety in there somewhere. Yeah, Clemson had one last year, yeah. You miss an extra point, but make a field goal. There you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, Clemson's had a lot of kicking problems this year. I don't think a missed extra point would be that surprising.
0: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I'm going with. Um, around the league, any games that you wanted to talk about before we get out of here?
1: Uh, you got an Ohio State-Michigan thought. That's the game of the weekend.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that Michigan's the better team. I wonder if at some point all this Harbaugh stuff is going to catch up to Ohio. I mean, to Michigan, this would be a week where they're facing a team that can actually exploit it. Yep. Um, so that definitely makes it interesting. I would probably, if I was betting, still pick Michigan just because I tend to believe talent usually wins out. But... Um, Ohio State obviously has enough talent to make that problematic. I think the number
1: is Michigan favored by three or three and a half, so basically just a home field with a pick them,
0: Right. And that's the other factor, being at home I think helps them a good bit. Um, yeah. Got yeah, Florida, Florida State with two backup
1: quarterbacks involved. I was about to
0: say, that's, that's a bummer because Florida State obviously still has a chance to make it to the playoff. Um, but I think if it comes down to them and someone else, the yeah. the lack of their quarterback is definitely going to keep them out. And Florida is good enough to beat them with their backup quarterback. I think
1: at the so. swamp. It's at night. Um, that feels like it's going to be going on at the same time as South Carolina, Clemson. I won't see it, but that feels like it has weird potential.
0: Yeah, I mean, to one to some degree, I, I, it'd be nice if Florida knocks them out in the sense of you don't have this like what could have been sort of scenario um but it also gives the backup a chance I guess to solidify himself if Florida State comes out there and wins by three touchdowns then uh maybe you still make the argument for them making it in
1: how badly does Billy Napier here need this win and to not go uh what would that be not missing a bowl game two years in a row or they went six and six last year but six and six and five and seven to start his Florida tenure yeah, I mean, and add in the
0: rivalry factor, too. Yeah. Uh, Maybe 0-2 against Florida State, yeah, if they lost us. I think it would be, yeah, it's it's pretty big for him. Like I said, my friend that's a Florida fan still is on board with giving him an extra year regardless, but I think you get a lot more of the fan base on your side if you if you win that one for sure. Yep.
1: Um, Turn to these anything else. I mean, it's all the rivalry games, but like I'm not that into the Iron Bowl this year after Auburn the dud against New Mexico State last week. Um, They're were,
0: they were looking ahead. They're game planning for Bama. They
1: were. It. They were. Who knows? Maybe Hugh Freeze gets saving again. Um, yeah. I mean, I can't can't rule it out for sure. But
0: <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, Oregon, Oregon State's tonight. That's a top twenty matchup. I think Oregon's a lot better, and Oregon State kind of emptied the tank last week. They they almost beat Washington. They lost
0: by two, and it's in Eugene. But that's yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. Like Washington is clearly they've they've beaten the two Oregon schools or whatever, but it's kind of, it still kind of feels like those three teams are almost even. Um, yeah. So if Oregon wins tonight, to if Oregon wins tonight, they set up a rematch
1: in the Pac-12 title game with Washington next week. So that they have to win, and I think I would pick Oregon in a rematch on a neutral field next week. It would
0: cause a fun amount of chaos. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all, all right. I had Rivalry week. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll have some more on GamecocksGroup.com between now and game time tomorrow. Uh, we'll have the live chat going around 5 Eastern or so uh, tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we'll have our live thoughts and analysis if you want to pop on over. If you have never done that, now's a great time to join because we get that 75% off the first year uh, for Black Friday. It's Rivals 2023 is the promo code whenever you go to check out and and you'll get that. Um, In the meantime, this has been the GameCockScoop.com podcast. We'll see you later.